Stephen Jill here. Hello. Welcome to the land. I'm sorry. Welcome to the House Academy show. <laughs> Entertaining real estate investment talk. I'm Stephen Jack Butala. And I'm Jill DeWitt, broadcasting from the Valley of the Sun. Today, Jill and I talk about five things that are a waste of time when flipping houses. I'm excited. Me too. So we each wrote down our top five. And then I'm going to do, you want to do yours that way too? I'm going to do them in the order like, like the Dave Letterman top five list and countdown. Sure. Okay, good. I'm, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Before we get into it, let's take a question posted by one of our members on the landinvestors.com online community. It's free. And don't forget to subscribe on the Land Academy YouTube channel and comment on the shows you like. I wonder where we are on our YouTube channel, by the way. I kind of stopped looking in the last week. We're, uh, we hit goal at. We're, oh, we have 10,000 yeah. subscribers. That's awesome. Yay. Okay. Luke wrote, one of the counties I'm researching has a large recreational lake. And has a lot of gated communities, I'm assuming is in an HOA. Should I avoid this county or continue the research? Let me go back. Large recreational lake, a lot of gated communities. I want to avoid the county, but I would search outside of that area. This is a popular topic. A mm -hmm. lot of people had a lot of things to say. Most of the comments in Discord are the same as mine. Yes, you should avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it's 90%, maybe that's it. Doing your research. If it is a lot, a lot of HOAs, because that will be hard to uncover, dig out. You're not, you're not wrong. When you pull the data, it's not always accurate about HOA or not HOA. So it would be easier just to I go put this, one county over. I included this in uh, for the on the House Academy show for a reason because it's the, it's the same with houses. You know, HOAs. It's harder to see a variant. Number one, it's harder to see a variance in HOA community from a pricing standpoint. You know, it's real easy to see and get away with a real good price variance on the buy side versus the sell side in a non-HOA, non-master planned community. You can see one house uh, that was built next to another house built at the same time, completely different style, different square footage. So you can justify buying one for 200 and selling the next one for 400. Mm -hmm. I understand. So in a master planned HOA community, the same for land. It's all pretty much cookie cutter. Everything's priced the same. I understand. Today's topic, five things that we think are a waste of time when flipping houses. This is the meat of the show. All right. I don't care who goes first. I would love for you to go first. Okay. Here's my personal top five list of waste of time things when you're flipping houses. Number five, spending days slash weeks on a home equity line of credit. <laughs> Or credit cards <laughs> calls trying to borrow money. <laughs> yeah. People do that. Boy, that didn't make my list, but that's true. <laughs> that's a waste of time. Don't start the process by, I need to put some money together. Let's see if we can take out a line of credit. Hold on a moment, everybody. That's not what you should be spending your time on. And I'm glad you like that. Number four, pre-purchasing windows, doors, or carpet, or paint since they're on sale in January. What? <laughs> This is a Jill joke show. This is kind of funny, but hold on a moment. This is stuff people do. People do this stuff. Hey, look, my number one, I'm going to tap it. Don't tell me what your number one All is right. yet. Save it. Why are we buying windows and doors? Hold on, because they're on sale. People do things. People walk into flipping houses and do everything wrong and everything backwards. I am not kidding. I have watched people do this. Hold, hold on a moment. Okay. Number three, 
ordering the DIY channel HGTV and thinking that's oh, how you're going to learn. This is a Jill joke episode. Well, no, but it's stuff that people really do. Turn off HGTV. She's right. That's what I'm saying. That's all this is just not a Jill joke show. It's actually entertainment, but it's but this is unlike, true things that people do. Unlike this show, there's no entertainment value. Huh, and that's true. only good advice. Well, I'm trying to save you right now. <laughs> My number two is... Calling your brother-in-law, who's a real estate agent, and setting <laughs> oh up a God. partnership. You had some fun with this. I did. This is true, too. People go, well, I need to have this in my back pocket. My brother-in-law is a real estate agent. Let's open an LLC. Let's get all ready. I've got my line of credit open. Worst, I've got wood flooring in the garage, and I've been watching HDTV. People do this. That's that's absolutely the opposite way of what you how you want to do this. <laughs> that's what the show is. The top five <laughs> things are a waste of time. I know my number one is driving for dollars. Oh, geez, Jill. You knocked it out of the park on these. Thank you. I have some different ones. Okay, let's hear yours. Mine are not in order. Number one, but they they overlap chills a little bit. Okay. Number one, you never. Wait, wait, are you going to go five, four, three, two, one? No, they're oh. not in any order. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> you just don't ever want to use your own money with houses. See? All right? It, you just don't. It's oh. what you want to do. Here's your job when you buy a house to, to, to flip, flip it. You want to do, you want to use data. You want to use it. You have to make data-driven decisions and send out offers in a data-driven way. And I go through this in excruciating detail in the House Academy program. And he means excruciating. Yeah, excruciating <laughs> for Jill. So you use data to price this stuff out. So when somebody signs the offer, just like in our land business, and they send it back, it's already priced it's as is where it. is with a few variables because you haven't seen the asset yet. At you know, you're going to make a hundred grand on it. Yeah. So, and you might be okay with the hole in the roof because you priced it that way. So unlike land, you don't, land you can fund your own, you can get far fast with your own money. Right. With houses, it's different. You might spend $400,000 to make, to generate 500. Mm -hmm. And so you get three or four of those going. Uh, if you have a few million dollars laying around that you're willing to just uh, place like this, then you're good, but you're in the definite minority. The fact is you want to use other people's money to do this and you want to get a, a partner that you really, that understands you. Correct. And so don't use your own money. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, uh, and I see this all the time, pricing land and pricing houses is dramatically different. When you price houses, you want to be in it around 70 to 80% of the existing retail value or existing wholesale value. So cheap, 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 cheap doesn't work. Works great for land. Works amazing. You can go in at 15% of retail with land and usually do a deal or two. With houses, it's not gonna work, especially now. Mm -hmm. Number three, I see this happen all the time. And this is a systemization thing that I talked about yesterday. Jill and I did one deal one time, uh, last year, maybe the year before, it was before COVID. She held an open house because it happened to be in a market that we we're really familiar with and it was close to us. Right. We collected, I don't know, nine or 10 Good buyers. buyers. Mm -hmm. That that and one bought the still, house. Yeah, that still don't mm -hmm. leave us in love because they're house. renovators. Uh huh. So you want to make sure you're collecting a good buyers list. Uh, what number are we on? Number four ish. You have to make sure that you have some version of the boots on the ground. So when people transfer or cross over from the land business, there's not a lot of on-site stuff that happens with land. You can buy it. You look on Google Earth. You get a, you call a real estate agent. They list it. You get a drone pilot. The whole thing. You can do it from your desk. With houses, you need boots on the ground. You absolutely need a, a presence to help whoever is moving out of the house or selling the house because they all have issues like 
I, I need to move all this stuff out of my basement or, or whatever. So that they needs to be addressed. And we address that. Um, there's two ways to address it. One, you get a really good real estate agent that's into it. Or number two, you get partners. And so we've done both. And number, this is the final, this is, a, I see everyone make this mistake, everyone. They don't, for some reason, this is different in houses and not in land. They don't establish a purchase price hmm. before they start doing the deal. God, that drives me nuts. I don't get it. Drives me nuts. Even now and then it comes up with land, but more with houses. Everybody gets all excited. They want to sell. They want to sell. And now like, don't do anything yet. That's what's the price. Like you, they could be, they could be in their head thinking retail because the guy across the street just sold for $1,100 a square foot. And that's what they're thinking. And you're thinking $500 a square yeah. foot. There's a big difference. Exactly. There, you can't get excited yet. Here's my final point. I know I went over my five, but this is a real, this is, <laughs> this is really, really, really important. If there's one takeaway, it's this, I think. Do not ever, ever renovate a house. Never renovate a house. Buy the property and resell it to somebody who's going to renovate it and mark it up how you think is appropriate. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point here. If it's your hobby, if you have a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of energy and that's what you want to do. You love failing. Well, no, you just, that's what you want to do. Because you know what, hold on a moment. Some people, usually it's just like primary residence. Some people are going to lovingly put in, like our brother, our um, my sister and brother-in-law, lovingly just did their downstairs, put in floors. It took like a year They because he did it himself. He wanted to. That's not to make any money. That's a whole different thing. So if you really want to make some money here, get in, get out. Let somebody else take that time and energy and whatever. I don't want to say the word risk, but whatever you want to call it, that um, responsibility on, and you move on to the next deal. Yep. Your job is is the same job that you have in your land business, which is buy and sell assets. Make sure that you buy them correctly, meaning inexpensively, and that you, you're the orchestra leader and, right. you, and you're sitting there telling everybody what to do when, and when to do it, how much it's going to cost, and then reselling the asset. Your job is not to get in there and pick up a hammer. So, you know, and here's the thing. We've got real numbers. I can I can show you a flip that we did on a house. These are both here in Phoenix. Um, you know, cash in, cash out 30 days. Made more money, or about the same money, by the way, as one that we did, you know, it was 45 days, you know, and that was pretty darn fast. Moving walls, 45 days for just the renovation. That was really fast. First way to buy it do the renovation, then we had to sell it, right? So now I'm even extra time. And when we really sat back and did the math and what we could do with A, just marking up a little bit, moving on, and B, sticking with land, it was like no brainer. Yeah. That's the reality. We are here to save you. <laughs> <laughs> Happy you could join us today. Five days a week, you can find us here on a version of the Land or the House Academy show. <laughs> Tomorrow the episode on the Land Academy show, well, it's Jack Thursday, and I'm going to talk about 2022 land budgeting and goals made simple. You are not alone in your real estate ambition. No, I was like, I, you know me, I spend time on Clubhouse. I spend time in social media and things and looking at people that are, they are all into flipping houses. And I can't tell you how many times I hear people, you know, pulling money out of 401ks, 
pulling, you know, in their house and all kinds of things, especially because their houses are worth more right now, thinking that's a good move. Worst idea ever. I know. And it scares me. So my list is really stuff I've seen nutty people come up with these ideas. I'm like, I want to, I want to um, save you and, and help you see a better, safer way. When is taking on debt a good idea? I know. I'm asking you. Let me think. I need a minute. I can't come up with anything. There's two times that I think taking on debt is a good idea. Number one, when you're buying an asset that is so much cheaper than you know that that you can take that you can uh, resell it next week for a, a lot more, th there's an argument that you could take on debt to do that. But but why? Why wouldn't you just get a partner instead? Yeah, so that's easy. Is taking on credit card debt to pay for anything ever a good idea? No. no. Is taking on any type of not of tertiary debt, which is meaning non-asset secured debt, ever a good idea to do anything? No, it's not. It's exactly. always better to take on a partner, in my opinion. Does it cost more to have a partner? Yep, it mm -hmm. does. But what it does is allows you to diversify the risk and it allows you to do what you're good at, which is find assets that are underpriced. That's all we do here using data. That's what we do. You. The second time, and this is so. I have to sign for that. Just really. so, oh, go ahead. Okay, I'll be back. You got this. Yeah. Okay. I'll close for you. The <laughs> yeah, second yeah. time, when it's okay to take on debt, and it's very, very unusual, and it doesn't happen very often, is is non recourse debt that is secured by an asset. So for for some reason, this is popular, or it's useful, or used with in trailer parks, which are an amazing invest, investments. So if you can find a trailer park that's worth four million bucks. You've negotiated a deal where you're going to buy it for three million. Uh, it's worth four million. You're going to buy it for three million, and your credit's real good, and and you are are in the real estate business. It's not that hard to go to a bank and get a non-recourse loan, meaning you're not personally. The loan's only tied to the asset. It's not tied to you in, in any way as a personal guarantee. So, if something goes sideways, they take back the asset, and that's it. Everybody walks away, and they shake hands, and it's over. So. That's, I really think, the only time you should ever really take on debt, other than obviously uh, a well-purchased primary residence. If you need access to any sort of ownership or property details, including owner phone numbers and FEMA flood map overlays, please check out parcelfact.com or neighborscoop.com, created by investors, that's us, for investors like you. Thanks for tuning in. We'd love to connect with you tomorrow on Clubhouse. Uh, this Thursday. So join Jill every Thursday at 1 p.m. Every other Thursday, I should say. Uh, and just look up, go to the clubhouse and look up Land Investing Club. We are Stephen Jill. Information and inspiration to buy undervalued property. <laughs> <laughs>